Hi, everyone, and welcome to another installment of the Feeling Techish podcast. We were supposed to be talking about predictions and resolutions, but we just had a quick chat, and apparently, no one has any resolutions. So, welcome to the podcast all about predictions for 2021. Last year, this thing called COVID, you might have heard of it, hit. Everybody did a rush to remote. My overarching prediction for this year is security. Are these things that we are now using, the tools, the the packages, are they fit for purpose for remote working? Do we need to take a retrospective look and see what it is that we're actually um, signing ourselves up to? A bit of trust. I think that organizations, you need to trust exactly what they're doing with your data, especially when so much of it is now going to be online with remote. Yeah, I think I agree with that. The We're certainly... Uh so many places and i think we talked about this in an earlier podcast so many places just went work from home quick buy some off-the-shelf stuff install a vpn let's go send out some laptops if you were lucky use your home pc if you weren't no one would use their home pc for work would they no no one would ever do that particularly me i would never do that anyone from our uh, tech bar is listening i think that's uh, it's part of the issue is that uh, the, the sudden swap round from everyone being able to work in offices to work from home, obviously sending out laptops that are configured correctly for, so that everybody has one. Things got missed. People bought off-the-shelf stuff without thinking about the security properly, without thinking about how these were going to be maintained going forward. Of course, that happened. People needed to do their jobs. And now we have to deal with the fallout from that as an industry. We have to work out how to go back and say, is this secure? Is this laptop that someone bought from pc world or wherever and is now using to do all their work on from home is that actually secure does it have anything on that we need to be aware of does it have access to a whole bunch of services and internal things that previously nobody outside of the office has had access to and how do we solve that training and awareness because a lot of individuals that aren't used to working uh, remotely, don't really understand the implications of clicking on links and spear phishing. And people are in fairly senior positions within government departments that might not be in a digital department, but have the access to uh, sensitive information and not have you know the, the the sort of required training that we would be happy with as professionals in the industry. They might have gone through a video and some online questionnaire at some point, maybe 10 years ago. That's not relevant to today. Maybe that does need a bit of a refresh. And I actually heard a story about GoDaddy. I don't know if either of you two have heard this, but they sent out an email to all their employees saying, right then, everybody on this email, congratulations, you have won a $650 or however much it was bonus this year. You just need to fill in this form to claim your bonus. It was obviously a scam and it was highlighted and made to look like a scam. Everybody who filled in the form, of which there were 500 people, got told they're not getting the bonus. No one is. (laughs) And they're now on an additional course for security training. I actually like that. I know it's a horrible thing, teasing people with bonuses and that kind of stuff. But that's hit home. That message now will really resonate with every single employee within GoDaddy, which it should. There's quite a lot of people doing stuff at the moment around COVID vaccine. There's quite a lot of phishing going on using NHS brand identity around getting people to put in their details around proof of residence. So looking at having a UK bank account around proof of residency in the UK to claim your spot 
in the queue and obviously given the current profile of the the sort of vaccine targets that's being primarily um, targeted at elderly people so again just thinking about that kind of at-risk cohort around people that won't have gone through any of that through their employer because they're most likely not in employment given the the age profile I think that's as a massive thing around I guess from a governmental perspective and and also linked to school-aged kids using lots of online stuff and online tools there probably is something about responsible sort of government around making sure that people understand what phishing attacks look like because there's going to be a whole host of people that won't have had any training or access to training being open to target and open to abuse. Before we started recording the podcast myself and Andy chatting about teachers and homeschooling you know pupils are sent or parents surrogate teachers are sent zoom links with passwords need to make sure that the kids are logged on to the device um, everything's set up a lot of parents don't actually understand how to do that and they're asking the older siblings for advice that industry as a whole is exploitable right now from spear phishing or, or various other attacks so it does worry me that the education sector doesn't have that uh, rigor and governance and central ways of working defined but yeah like you said lauren healthcare that's probably an, another major concern do you know of anything that's that's in the works to educate people that might be doing sort of remote consultations or anything in in this year that you think should be done lots of the professional bodies have put out guidance around it because the risk is heightened around people's families overhearing so if you're a gp and you're doing home consultations there's a risk that your family members may be around the royal college gps and a couple of the royal colleges i think of of medicine and surgeons have given some advice around the the working environment that those things should take place in people not being behind you so that they can't actually see your screens particularly with if you're frankly exposing a body part then what you don't want is someone just walking past making a brew as you're sharing something quite personal so they're also talking about how to make sure that the positioning of the camera is in such a way that people can't accidentally be in the back of shot and and can't see stuff as well as hear stuff that they they shouldn't do but that hasn't come out centrally so that's come from professional bodies advising their members on it and i don't think it's mandated so don't have a mirror behind you is uh... in a similar way though if what sort of things do if you are doing a consultation on your personal computer and you're at home and it's all very safe and everything what's the guarantee that that device is secure what's the guarantee that there's not somebody hacked the webcam and is taking a video of everything that's uh, that's going on uh, you know what andy that is exactly what i was thinking when lauren was talking the fact that people are buying these cheap chinese and i'm using that as a sort of broad catch-all knockoff cameras which are streaming various video and audio to wherever they deem fit where's the governance around that are they listening into all your conversations generally we were chatting again before, Andy, about everything that you do online, you should assume might be monitored by something or somebody. It's the same with stuff in your home. If you've got an IP camera directed at you or a voice assistant, you need to assume that there is a chance that is being overheard or eavesdropped on. I had a thing the other day where I was talking about needing to buy something and then started getting personalised Instagram ads on stuff that I'd not even not even googled at that point it was a speculative conversation so there is obviously enough evidence to get freaked out about those things and it was something really weird I can't even remember what it was but it's the sort of thing where you go 
I've never bought anything like this before. I think it's something really random. And then all of a sudden, I just had a conversation with John about it over dinner and getting these personalized pop-up ads of exactly the company and exactly the products that I was looking to get. So I don't think it's too conspiratorial to say there's a fair chance of it. I think there's a lot of coincidence in some of those things. And and certainly some of the algorithms, they're very, well, extremely good. Quite a few years ago, the whole does Facebook know I'm pregnant question because people were getting adverts for pregnancy tests and they're like, that's weird. Uh, And some research was saying that uh, some of them were of a similar level of uh, accuracy to actual pregnancy tests, uh, which is a bit frightening. But it's just because behavior can be inferred. But uh, yeah, there's no reason why we shouldn't be assuming that every device in our home has the potential to be hacked and is the, has the potential be to be beaconing back all of the information that we don't want to release to some server somewhere. So I think that we probably need to speed our brains up to catch up with the algorithms, but there's obviously a bias, observational bias. You could be shown a load of adverts in that day none of which are applicable. But guess what? When you slow down and go, oh, this one looks applicable and behaviors and other different things, you're actually increasing your chances of the algorithms being correct by your own observational bias interacting with predictions. <laughs> it's a slippery slope, I think. But yeah, there's definitely a lot of data that's collected. And we've you know, spoke about it on previous podcasts before. And that's why my sort of point of this topic for the podcast was around trust. And I guess transparency as well. Do you trust the organization that you are sending willingly your data to? And are they transparent and open and honest about what they're using it for and and using it to do? I don't know if you've seen Apple's latest update, which is around if developers track you in any way, exactly how they do it, what they use, what identifiers and what it's done for. And even their own App Store apps are going through the same rigor. Their operating system, on the other hand, might not be subject to those same rules. What do we think is going to happen this year that is likely to impact these things? What sort of things do we think will happen that will bring these things to the forefront? Fortunately, I've dealt with a lot of organizations that aren't really digital first organizations, and they don't really act until there is a breach or a reason to do it. So what needs to happen is there needs to be, unfortunately, a significant press public outing of a company for them to take things seriously. I've done a lot of work for universities in the past. And in fact, I walked into a meeting with a university and said, have you seen this university in Australia that's just suffered this massive breach? This is something that you are susceptible to right now. And they went, oh, thank goodness it wasn't us. Yeah, sorry, you got part of the message there. (laughs) But okay, it could happen to you, but it didn't. We weren't on the news. Okay, it'll be someone else before it's us. It's almost like organizations need to experience that before they will actually act on it. It's like the way that budgets are allocated. You have certain budget for security or you don't. And how do you get that security budget allocated? By having a breach and having some kind of um, measurable amount tied to it. I agree. And I think that was exactly what happened after the WannaCry attacks a couple of years ago, that there was, I think NHS Digital did about 70 reviews against the cyber code of practice and absolutely nobody had passed. So it wasn't a huge surprise that that breach happened. And I do think it's going to be the same. I, I think it's less likely to be a company, but I think it's more likely to be some of those vulnerable groups that are getting targeted at an individual level, which will give a, a kind of public interest story. So we're, we're already starting to see that 
happening with the press coverage around the vaccine scams that are happening at the moment. I can see that happening, like I say, with another kind of sector of society before people start to realise the importance of some of the things that we've discussed. So I do agree that there will be a massive kind of public breach, which will also probably damage people's relationship with the technology that they're using because their organisations haven't protected them from that being a possibility. But my guessing is that it will not be organisational. I think it will be a general public base because of the sympathy vote that that will get around people being put in this this situation that they've got no other option than to take a digital route and people aren't geared up up to it. Unfortunately, I don't think this year, 2021, we're going to have an a sort of an alternative or a real secure way of operating remotely. I think that we've been thrown into this, I keep calling it rush to remote, that we don't really have the tools and capability to to support what the world needs today yet. And I, I couldn't define exactly what that is. Working remotely and working more remotely doesn't mean Zoom Plus. It, it means something else, but that thing doesn't really exist yet, I don't think. If you're a company that isn't transparent with what you're doing with data, how you operate, I think that then you're going to be forced further down the list of companies which uh, consumers or the general public will interact with. I think there'll probably be, we'll see more of a decimation of the high streets and a paper chase. I think today was looking at maybe going into administration. So I think we're going to see a few more of those things with bricks and mortar retail and more things going on to e-commerce. But also I think that, all things being well, touching words and, and crossing fingers and toes. If the vaccine kind of deployment goes to plan and we start to be able to emerge from our cocoons around about summertime-ish, assuming things all go to plan, then I think there will also be a whole thing about what's the choice of a future of work that people want to choose. Once we've got some choice again, how are people going to choose employers and, and choose working patterns and other things that, that work for them? I think my cocoon is definitely getting a bit snug, getting a bit tight and cozy in here now. Probably need to get some get some fresh air and some exercise. One of the predictions that you mentioned there about high streets and this accelerated downfall of the the high street, which everyone's seen coming for a long time. Andy, obviously, you work in e-commerce. Well, what's your predictions for the sort of online retail market? I think they're going to be a small research, actually, but I think it will be. It'd be like a course correct. There'll be a point where everyone's, we're free, quick, go and spend money in shops. And then they'll go, actually, it was all right from home, wasn't it? <laughs> and and we'd end up, we're definitely going to end up in a position where e-commerce and the high street stores, uh, the, the proportion of those two things is going to be vastly different coming out the back of this than it was before. But I don't think it's going to be a straight, I don't think we're going to stay where we are, anywhere near where we are now. People like shopping in high street stores, and I don't think that's going to go 100% away. I wish it was. I would have so many better weekends. Um, <laughs> I'm dragged around. I, I don't know what the stores are. I just keep my head on my phone and focus on what I'm doing on, on my mobile. But the one thing that does annoy me is I, I think that you, you're right, that resurgence, I think there will be a little bit of that, and that's probably propped up by the government as well. So. You've got Rishi saying, oh, you know what? We're going to artificially help an industry that was already dying. That that doesn't resonate well with me. I like to think that that was an accelerator to the future state, which is fewer high street stores. In fact, we've now artificially propped them up for longer, which is even worse. And same with cinemas and, and various leisure outlets. 
look, we just want to be able to say, right, we want to watch this film from our home. Uh, we pay a premium, a cinema premium for it. By keeping these kind of dead woods alive, we're elongating that process and it's costing us money to do it as well. So hopefully that won't happen for too long and we will eventually reach our, on my target state. Yeah, I think the exception to that will be around hospitality because I think people are really missing that social aspect of stuff. So I think there'll be a big rebound in those people that can either implement, I guess, COVID safe stuff again when it is safe to do so and we're we're able and it's permissible. But also those people, there's obviously been a lot of companies that won't survive it. So it'll be really interesting to see how all of that sector is reimagined and how people respond to it. Because I I agree with Andy, I think there probably will be a rush out to high streets to be like, shops, I can touch things, I don't need to sanitise everything. And I think the same will happen with kind of bars and restaurants. There'll be probably a sensory overload for a bit in terms of people won't have been out in loud, noisy places full of people. And I think that will automatically feel a bit alien for a bit. Because I don't know if you've done the same, but I've watched news reports and stuff from a little while ago, like archive footage, and you're automatically like, well, you're too close. And what do you think you're doing there? And I think it's quite programmed activity now. So I think that will take, I think everyone thinks there'll be, you know, a sunny July day where we're all rammed into beer gardens. And actually, I think the reality of it might be uh, different. It's funny you say that because every time I watch Netflix, I make a joke and say, oh, they're too close, thinking I'm funny. We probably all do it because we are in our brains thinking, oh, hang on, this isn't what we should be doing. What's going on here? And that was recorded this year and, oh, we should be doing that. And it's almost like we have a new set of rules that we adhere to. I'd not thought about that concept of being overwhelmed if there is a sudden relaxation, which if there is or not, you know, is debatable, I would love them to open the pubs. Don't get me wrong. I miss that social interaction. I did used to like a beer. Anyone listening that knows me probably is uh, giggling a little bit to that. The pubs, they were really heavily regulated. We are talking before about track and trace and making sure that who went into their infection rates, I think were about 2% in pubs. That was actually a safe and a controlled place to be. It was the shops and the retail outlets where most of the infections were occurring. So let's open the pubs. Excellent. First step, open the pubs. I won't be overwhelmed. I'll just have the eight pints. Completely agree with that. Uh, we'll take a different public health stance on that. Um, <laughs> But again, there's been loads of people that are companies that have sprung up in terms of doing like online only events and all sorts of other stuff. And I think it'll be interesting to see how they fare once physical options are available, because it's not just people who had physical premises that have pivoted to do stuff that they're committed to do. There's a bunch of other people who have seen the opportunity in having a fully remote thing. And that's what they've spun up their business to do. I think, Andy, there is going to be a knee jerk reaction back to what we used to know. If you look at when they announced the vaccine and the stocks and shares. I know there was various other influencing factors around that, but there was a knee-jerk reaction by investors and the general public to, oh, we can go back to normal. So I think that when they do have that option, there will be that overcompensation and a flood into all the shops and bars, which is probably not what you want. And there will be a hit on the new startup innovative thinking companies for a short spell that we're geared up to start serving this sort of new world that we're operating in. Before we finish, I want to ask each of you predictions. We are going to play it back if we're still running next year, and we're going to have to comment on whatever we say now. My, uh, sticking with 
my favorite topic of tech things, I think somebody at some uh, a CTO or a CIO at a very major conference will say the words MLOps unironically. So do you say MLOps or data yeah. ops? MLOps. Oh, sorry, do you say bolops? Bolops. <laughs> Or model ops, which I only read about today, which apparently is a superset of ML ops. Sorry, mod ops. Mod, <laughs> mod ops. Is that, has that got a particular? I, I think that's going to be the new buzzword for uh, that's going to going to really start to hear a lot of this year. So I need to register a company called XOps or StarOps, Asterix Ops. I think there will be another public debate linked to vaccinations around things like immunity passports and other sorts of more invasive identity stuff. So as more people get vaccinated, I think that people and people get allowed out, there'll be some weird social infringement argument to be had around whether or not you're only allowed out if you've had the vaccine linked to anti-vaxxers. So, so I guess my, I, I talked about, you know, trust and, and privacy and security. I'll probably try and come up with something a bit different to uh, to close for my first point, which is I think there's going to be multiple starships built by SpaceX. I think that is one of my predictions. And when I say multiple in the dozens of actual starships manufactured, because that's what we need to be spending our money on right now. Actually in service or just test flights? Oh, service. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hang on. (laughs) Service is a little bit far off, but um, we can spend all the money building the shells. Do you think Elon Musk is going to mortally offend anybody else by, I don't know, maybe calling a hero paedophile or anything else like that again? Well, it depends what he's taken tonight, but potentially. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Do we have to go for the full year or do we just need the end of the week? My, My final prediction is Trump will not go quietly. He's got some Hail Mary that he's trying to, he's going to try. And it, it, whether it's successful or not is you know, probably very unlikely, but uh, he's going to try. It's, it's between now and I think it's January the 20th, isn't it, or something where he is, uh, officially has to step down. Uh, between now and then, there's going to be some big Hail Mary that um, he's going to announce something or he's going to do something ridiculous as a last-ditch attempt to stay in power. We can probably revisit this one in two weeks' time, Andy. We don't need to wait yeah. until <laughs> December or January. Doesn't have a long lifespan on this one. <laughs> Someone said that apparently his plane has been booked, his private plane, and there's some speculation for the day before he becomes unprotected from immunity and there's some talk about whether or not he's going to go to Scotland. So everyone's trying to work out whether or not Nicola Sturgeon's going to be on the tarmac waiting to eat him back into the plane and send him back across the Atlantic. I wouldn't put it past her. Just close Scottish airspace just for that day. <laughs> so, Lauren, your your final prediction for 2021? <laughs> I think en masse people are going to try and rush out and socialise and then rush back indoors when they realise that they hate everybody. And I think that's going to happen in workplaces. I think that's going to happen in, in social situations. So I think, yeah, we, we've all been waxing lyrical and, and thinking about all the things that we've missed. And I think there's a bit of rose-tinted glasses going on at the moment. So I think that's going to happen. On, on all sorts of things that we've been sorely missing. So, yeah, I think that will probably happen probably in the summer. It'll be like that Boots advert where everyone comes out for about three seconds of sunshine and then goes back indoors. I, I think that is will probably happen for two days in July and then we'll all just agree to sit back in our houses forever. I talked about the rush to remote. You've got the risk of return, which is not just to offices and it's back to the ways that we were operating before. And, yeah, we, we, we talked at length about 
overcompensating for lost time. And yeah, I'd agree with that. I think it's a redefinition of the the new normal, which is a phrase I hated all the way the beginning of the the pandemic. But I think eventually that will actually have some reality that you know where we will not we're not coming out of this the same as we came in. I feel like we've got an agile new normal. I've forgotten what version of new normal we're on now, but it's definitely not the same. I think that if we say things will never be the same again, that's probably the the, the right phrase to use. That on know. Boris's bingo card. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it's on many boardroom bingo cards. <laughs> we're staying um, strong. It's build back better is what I keep hearing. I think that'll be the overhyped phrase, at least for the first half of the year, and talking about building back better. I think we'll have a world-beating app for... Tra- oh, no, hang on. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> a slip 12 months. Now, my final serious prediction is Max Verstappen for the Formula One World Championship. There, I've said Ooh. it. You can, you, can, you can call me on it. It's controversial, but I will defend that till the cows come home. We can play this clip back. I have a, a final one, which is can always an open question conferences and all those other things which people have obviously been trying to push and keep getting cancelled I think tech conferences are going to be absolutely unbearable when they're able to happen again I think there's going to be so much hyperbole and nonsense and all the rest of it I think there's just going to be so much fluff that those things will become even less (laughs) people people will probably go to the tech conferences I went to Apple's worldwide developer conference in San Francisco I remember what that was like and band playing and jumping around and there there was so much else that went on around the tech conference that people will expect to happen when they go to one this year if they do open the doors but it will be a very different kind of conference you're not going to have that same kind of fun. You're not going to have that same kind of interaction because the companies won't want to be seen to be breaching any social distancing or particular rules, etc. That's provided you can actually get into the country and you don't have to wait two, two weeks or 10 days in a hotel each way. Who knows? Yeah, I'd say you're spot on with that, Lauren. MLOps. MLOps are as far as the eye can see at every conference. I think there'll be all sorts of people claiming the same prizes as well. There'll be lots of people. I've seen it before when people have been standing up saying how they've helped with X, Y and Z. And I was like, I led that programme. I don't remember any of you. In fact, I don't think you're anything to do with it. Claiming the same prizes. I coined the term MLOps. I mean, (laughs) so how are we going to end this one? I think the way to end it is by saying we wish everybody the best of luck. It's not quite the year that we thought it might be back in March when we were promised that everything will be back to a some kind of normal in 2021. We're now in a position where it's definitely not back to normal or any kind of resemblance. But let's just have some fun. There's going to be um, a few downsides. There's going to be a few upsets. We're not going to be able to do the things we used to do, but at least we can have a bit of a sense of humour and a laugh about it. 2021 is going to be another game of snakes and ladders, I think. So yeah, stay safe. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Bye.